Can I ask you about another film? Um, uh, Under Milkwood. We've, we've referenced it a little bit. But <laughs> if I could talk about Under Milkwood, because it's, uh, you know, it was one of those seminal moments, isn't it? You've got Richard Burton coming back with Elizabeth Taylor. It's got Ryan in it. You're in it. David Jason is in it. Again, what was it like, you know, in Fishguard, recreating this, this Welsh epic? What was it like being a part of that production, a part of that company? That was terrific again. I, don't, I can't remember how I got it now. Uh, I just think I was asked to do it. Mrs. Ibrad too. I'd already done it in the Mayfair Theatre in London with Philip playing narrator. And um, he was doing Enemy at the Door at the time. Anyway, I got I got offered Mrs. Ibrad too, which is a great part. Mm. And uh, we had, oh, God, it was funny, some of it. Ray Smith, I will never forget Ray Smith. At two o'clock in the morning, we were doing a night shoot. Round, this is lower fish card now. And saying, get out of my way, Ruth. The camera's favouring me. Favouring me, favouring me. I said, no, oh, fucker off. You know, because it was pouring <laughs> down rain, And it was like three o'clock in the morning. Who the hell cared what the, what the camera was doing? <laughs> but it was good fun. It was very, it was great fun. And I met Alwyn there and David Jason I knew because I'd just finished this production at the Mayfair with David Jason playing No Good Boyo in it. Mm. So I knew David very well. What about Richard Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor? Peter O'Toole as well? Did they mix with the rest of the company or were they, were they Hollywood stars? Uh, we didn't see them because they did most of their stuff in a closed set in London. We saw Ryan. Ryan came down. Yeah. I think O'Toole was there because Alwyn said that um, she used to see him in the morning and he'd had a right like bend of the night before, as we know he, <laughs> he, liked, he liked the juice. And then his, 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 what did she tell me? Oh, his valet would mix him this concoction with like wheat germ and milk and, and, and vodka and God knows what. And he whopped that down and he'd be... <laughs> And he'd, be, and he'd be word perfect. So he must have been there at the time Alwyn was there, you know. Can I just say, before we move on, if you can get that recipe, Johnny, from Alwyn, uh, I think it'll serve us all well <laughs> through the rest of lockdown. That'll be good. <laughs> you know, you said about Ryan. Well, Ryan Alwyn tells me that one night they would have a bit of a, a sing-song in the pub afterwards. And uh, so Ryan says to Alwyn, let's sing a Welsh, let's show him up. Let's, all this lot, this... this you know, the show busy lot. We'll sing a Welsh song, see? Um, whoever the MD was, I don't know the MD was, they booked her to sing the song as the titles go up. A wonderful voice, as you know, and I am one of her great fans. Um, in fact, I actually got her a job. You did in, in, in I Edinburgh. We had to go up to uh, Scotland for uh, Hogmanay. Yeah, we were doing Panto in Cardiff. I remember we were rehearsing. I was in it as well. I think it was Robinson Crusoe or something. And you asked her to do this because they wanted a four Celts. They had the Irish guy was. Uh, what was the other guy? Brendan Shine, and they had a, a, and a Scottish comic, and a, a Andy Stewart, 
and they wanted a girl to sing a Welsh song, and you you recommended Alwyn. I remember they flew it in the <laughs> Learjet because <laughs> she had to be back to do the performance in the Cardiff Panto. Isn't that That's amazing? right. This is what mates are for. You actually say, right? There's, I can't do that. You do it. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. We, we have skirted around Heidi High. We will come to that before we finish, if that's OK with you. But, uh, you know, just looking <laughs> looking at the whole of your career, things like Pickwick, now then. Uh, I know that both of the both of you knew Sir Harry uh, yeah. very well. Uh, Pickwick, was, was, Pickwick was actually written for Sir Harry, is that right, Ruth? Yes, it was. They went to Harry and said, you really got to do this. <laughs> and it was written for Harry. But many years ago, before I did that production, he used to be able to do a cartwheel. He came on stage as Mr Pickwick with a cartwheel, which he could do in the 1960s. When I met up with him in the 1990s, he couldn't do that, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> it still hit, those, still hit those high notes, though, couldn't he? Oh. thrilling things of my career is to stand at the side of Sir Harry and hear him sing if I ruled the world and then that clarion call of a note at the end of it mm. which was a top C wow. and yeah, that yeah. was 75 you were at Queen Raft that year weren't you yeah, yeah, it was. Because I yeah. remember I came up and did something for you uh, when they were. That's right, I don't know you what, did. Was that the ball? You had your in, in, inauguration? Yes. That's, that was the ball that we always used to hold. Very, very big uh, thing at the Grove. No, at least That's about right. yeah. Yeah. 4,000 people there. There were great people in that order. It's like the water rats. It's the female part of the water rats. I went into it in 1980, the order. And uh, they were amazing. You still, you sit down after lunch and you talk to them. And that's the most interesting. That's what um, a lot of people that belong to the water rats say. It's the after chat, which is great. So you could be sharing a table with somebody who did lots of different types of stuff. Variety in those days meant everything, didn't it? Well, everybody had to be versatile. You had, and uh, that's why I've lasted, I think. And that's yeah. why, you know, I was, until my accident two years ago now, I mean, I was doing a musical, musical play. Mm. And I was, what, 75? Was it in, were you in Ireland when you had your accident? I was in, yeah, I was in the, the, um, the Board Gush, uh, which is this 2,000-seater in Ireland. And, you know, there we are. Did you fall off yeah. stage, is that right? Or did you fall over on stage? No, the- I fell on stage and I tripped and unfortunately, the, the stage was made of wood and steel. So there was no give in the wood. No. And it was also on a huge rake. So I fell from the top of the rake to the bottom of the rake. Wow. And it was big, rake. Yeah. So there you go. But there you go. I don't dwell on that. Purely yeah. because it's not worth it. No, and right. uh, I've got steels all right down my right side, and I'll just carry on. <laughs> You're made of steel, Ruthie. You're made oh, of steel. Yeah, exactly. They can You're say that of me now. <laughs> um, I'll just carry on. You yeah. know, um, I hobble a bit, but um, I, um, I'm fine, you mm. know, and mm. I will be fine yeah, because yeah. you've got to have an attitude. 
to these things that is positive. And yeah. you've got to do that. That's the one thing I've learned in life. Yes. Um, we've, we've talked to Johnny and we talked to people like Mike Doyle uh, about big moments in their, in their lives, you know, something that changes their lives. And with, with Johnny, it was Opportunity Knox. Heidi, hi. Now, obviously, you'd, you'd worked. We've, we found out you'd done all these different things. How did you hear about Heidi, hi? Is it something you'd heard about in the industry or did somebody give you a call? How did it come about? Well, I'd worked for Jimmy Perry in Watford Rep. And I'd done quite a few productions for him. And um, one day he phoned me and um, he, he was always phoning me, bless him, you know, and his wife, and, you know, and I kept in contact. And he'd written already, he'd written Ain't Half Hot. And he'd used a Welsh actor, um, obviously Windsor, and it worked very well. So he phoned me, he said, Russ, he said I'm, I'm going to do at least I've submitted it, he said, to Bill Cotton in the BBC, and it's called Heidi High. <laughs> I said, oh, I, oh, I see. Well, what's all that about then? And he said, well, it's about a holiday camp. Oh, I said, oh. He said, and there's a part in it, he said, of the um, of, of one of the, the yellow coats. And she's a supervisor of all the yellow coats. And she thinks she's slightly above herself. Um, would you like to come and meet David Croft? So I said, oh, all right, then. Well, as it happened, I was doing Under Milk Wood with all the luminaries from Wales, including, again, Ray Smith was in it, Talvin Thomas, and we were doing it at, at St. Charles's, Charles's Church. Oh, it, it was yeah, like, Charles uh, Street. That Charles was the rehearsal Street. place in Charles Street, yeah. That's right, and we were doing it there. So anyway, I had to get the train up, didn't I, to, to London. Went up, I said, oh, hello, Mr Croft, how are you? You know, and all this business. He said, do you always talk like that? <laughs> I said, yeah, well, yeah, no, no, well, I might temper my Welsh accent. He said, no, you can temper it, can you? I know you can temper it, because you weren't like that in one of his pantomimes. <laughs> I'm talking about Jimmy, Jimmy's pantos. He said, um, I think you'd be very good in this part. Would you, would you like to read a script? So I said, I thought he meant there and then, read a scene with him. And he didn't. He said, there we are, go in, look at it and tell me what you think of it. So I did. And it was very good. It was the first episode. I was 37, 38 at the time. And obviously Simon Cadell was only about under 30. And she was going to make up to him. So I thought, right, that I can hang something on that. So I made a sort of sexy, <laughs> slightly over-the-top sexy. You know, <laughs> did it that way. I didn't quite know what to do. Anyway, they liked it and they didn't stop me from doing it. So that was the end of that. Do you remember? You, I, I think I was up doing something in near you. I think I must have done a thing with Windsor David. And you... You were going to Wales to do a, a poem in some pints, and I had all of it. And we gave you a lift back to Cardiff, I remember. And you told us, you said, "Well, I've just done this pilot. I don't know if anything's going to come of it." You said, "But it was okay. I enjoyed right. it." And that was and it. Was huge. It became huge. It became huge overnight. Yeah, it was extraordinary. It really, really was extraordinary. Uh, you'd go onto a train. 
the next day and they go, oh, it's that woman that we saw last night. And of yeah. course there was, there were no, I was very lucky. There were no Welsh comedy people on national television at that particular point. How long did the did that runaway train run for? How, how many years were you involved in, in the production? Nine years. Nine years. Wow. wow. My daughter, Lori, was at infant school. By the time we finished, she was ready to go to university. <laughs> <laughs> and again, a lovely company. They seemed like a lovely bunch. You know, to stay together that long, uh, if you hate each other, it must have would have been hell. Was it fun? Yes, it was. Yes. And, and even now, I bring Pollard up. I mean, there aren't very many of us left. That's mm. the sad thing. Mm. Uh, there's Jeff Holland, myself, and a couple of the yellow coat girls and Pollard mm -hmm. and um and that's it um yeah. so we do keep in touch especially now because they're living in London you know most of them so I, I keep in touch to see if they're okay Pollard's fine I remember doing a panto with, with uh, Ted Rogers and they were thinking of having Sue Pollard he said you can't have her she's lethal <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. She's lethal. <laughs> I've seen her being lethal with a handbag. Gosh, yeah. she is funny, but she can be a menace. <laughs> <laughs> when you ride that train, when it, when it comes to an end, was it was it hard to let it go? Was it, you know, did it feel like the end of an era? Well, um, I knew exactly when it was going to happen. Um, four years previous to it, when Simon told me that he was going to leave, he asked me not to say anything to anybody, and I didn't. Mm. You know, I didn't say a word. So when he said he was going to leave, um, everybody went, oh, dear, Ruth, are you going to leave with him? And all this. I said, no, mm. carry on. Well, if they'll have me. Yeah. You know, and they did, you know. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was the end of that, you know. I do have to say that, um, you know, uh, it's been a great, great piece to do. I've been so lucky. I did Fiddler, which was a great, great musical. Um, I did Milkwood, Perfect Pearl of Literature, and Heidi High, which to this day is still loved and is on um, UK Gold or whatever it is. I think no. you must be the most impersonated Welsh person because whoever anybody says, Heidi, hi, it's always you. <laughs> always do I know. <laughs> but, you know. The best one, the best one that could do uh, Gladys, uh, would you believe Lenny Henry? Oh, my no. It's been a real joy speaking to you and uh, getting all, all the other stories as, as well. Uh, what what does the future hold for you? You're, you're back home now, living in Glenith, not far from our Max, just down the road from Max. Um, are you are you planning on working again, or is this lockdown working from Zoom working well for you, well enough? Well, I have to say it's working well for me. I mean, there are things that um, have come into my path actually, uh, Mal, but. When are we going to get back into the theatre? Mm. Yeah. When are we going to? I doubt whether it's going to be this year. Mm. You know, it's, it's hit the business so badly. And I, I, and I get all my friends, my young friends in the business ringing up and they're crying down the phone. But it's not only the fact that they're not earning money, it's the fact that they're not developing their art. Mm -hmm. Because every job you do, you develop. 
especially when you're young. And um, they're not, and they're, they're having to sort of fill up shelves in Waitrose yes, or wherever they are, you know. And it's and I say to, but be proud of the fact that you're filling up shelves in Waitrose, because you might have to play a character like that one day. That's right. You learn from everybody, you know. So you, you just have to wear it, and I'm just hoping that I will see and I'll be able to go and see my friends in the theatre. But I, I mean, I shall do film and I shall do hopefully television and I shall um, do some radio. I mean, I have to say this, this is great, all this business about Zoom. It's fantastic. It, is. it really is. <laughs> Good fun. I've been busier since lockdown than I was before because I'm <laughs> talking on the radio. But we do it every week. It's great, though, isn't yeah. it, Mal? Yeah. You know, it really, really is. And the lovely thing about you know. podcasts are that you're able to explore. It's not that five minutes. Here you are. Thanks very much. Gone. It's a chance to have a little bit more to shoot the breeze, as Johnny would say. So um, thank you. Well, on behalf of Mr. Johnny Tudor and the Mal and Johnny Show, can I just say thank you very much to Ruth Maddock for joining us today from Glynneath. And uh, lovely to hear all of your stories. So it's goodbye from, from him. And it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from Ruthie. I'll see you <laughs> soon. Goodbye, Ruthie. <laughs> <laughs> see you soon, Ruthie. Bye. Bye. Bye.